0: So how are we starting this conversation off? Do you wanna do you want me to introduce our Yeah, I mean
1: I think that might be the easiest.
0: Okay. So John and I are here today with our friend Amy. Amy, as we had mentioned before, is an attorney. She's recently, very recently, divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, although the divorce process was a long process, correct? Long, in my opinion. I don't know if it was long in your opinion.
2: Yes, it was very long in my opinion, and I would say I'm still at the point where the ink is not even yet dry on the papers. Yeah, it's pretty fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, how do the two of you know? How did the two of you know each other? Because I know, I know
2: you from you knowing him. Yes. I will start this off. John, do you want to jump in?
1: Uh, You go ahead and start and then we'll go from.
2: All right, so John and I have known of each other for, I don't know, four or five years at this point only because our ex-partners worked together. So we knew, like I knew who John was sort of by an extension of being around um, various work parties and functions and things like that. So I knew- Mm -hmm.
1: Their work parties, Correct, their
2: work parties, yes. So again, it was just more of a, I knew him of name, didn't know him really on I I wouldn't say a personal level. I wouldn't have counted him among friends. I just didn't know him to that degree. And then we did become much better friends starting in the summer of 2022 mm-hmm. in that um, I ended up getting a message from someone and opened it up and it said, can we talk?
1: And that was me.
2: And that was John. Yeah. That was you. Yeah. Yes. I
1: reached out to Amy and said, Hey, I think... Basically what she said, I think we should talk. Yes. Oh, and I, w- I
2: thought that it was you that no. well, cause- contacted him. No. So okay. I had separated from my husband in May of 2022. And I had some suspicions of things were going on. Unbeknownst to me, John was separating from his ex-wife at that time and mm-hmm. had suspicions. Um, and then, again, unbeknownst to us, the universe sort of pulled this all together. Where it started out of getting a message from someone... And I opened it up, and it was, can we talk? And I called this person. I said, absolutely, I'll call him. It happened to be John. And his first words, and I don't know if you remember this, out of your Mm -hmm. mouth were, this is John. I think my wife is having an affair with your husband. And I said, I know my husband is having an affair with your wife.
1: And that's kind of where everything kind of, we both knew half of the story, I think. And the problem and the reason that we hadn't talked sooner And I'm just going to say it is they had convinced us that we were crazy and that there was no possible way that that's what was actually going on. It was just a total coincidence that they were both getting divorced at the same time and they both worked together and they had previously worked together. Correct. So um, I don't know how far down this rabbit hole you want to go as far (laughs) as, uh, you know, what they were up to and things like that. But uh, it was a lot and uh, yeah, i that you continue. Yeah,
2: I think you did a really good job of teaming that up. I think it's, um, if someone in our personal life is listening to this to get more of the salacious details and the nitty gritty, that won't happen here. Um, but I'm happy to talk about it from a high level perspective in that for sure a lot was going on. So, My, as a wife and a person in a relationship had certainly those gut feelings of like something's off and I know <laughs> something's going on. And then had sort of put things together by doing my own investigation. And when we separated, and John, you can totally tell sort of your story with your ex-wife, but my ex-husband and I separated under my understanding of the situation was, you know just didn't want to be married and needed to work on self and happiness and finding that in and themselves. <laughs> um, we're laughing because they had the same story. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So That's that exactly was what same. was like, happening when John and I then started talking. And again, it was this whole, I suspect and I absolutely thought the same thing. But then it opened for us then to talk yeah. and start saying, well, this is what I've been told and this is how I'm feeling and this is what I'm processing. And lo and behold, they were unbelievably similar stories of yeah. trying to find their own happiness not, and working on themselves.
1: Not and, just unbelievably, like verbatim. Like yeah. they had a script. <laughs> mm-hmm. It yes. was ridiculous. And and then they they still, I, I don't think even to this day, and they're living together, they have admitted anything.
2: I've never been told that he has a, gr- a girlfriend or an affair partner is so what I'm going yeah. to refer to her as.
1: My, my ex-wife moved in with your ex-husband And didn't even tell me, even though we have a child together, and then accused me of not being able to co parent and things like that. So, um, if that tells you anything, people listening, that uh, of what kind of uh, BS that we've had to put up with with these last couple of years. Um, So, okay, I I, want to throw this out there, and I know the answer to this, but what was the thing that initially made you suspicious?
2: So I would say further back than just from the summer, you know, just an inkling and call it, you know, intuition or a gut feeling or something that just didn't, um, she sent a package to her home and somehow on that package, um, which doesn't typically happen whenever you order something from an outside company and, um, it had PO and then it had her name on it. And so I knew it from the company from where it was, it had my ex-husband's name and our home address and then it had who the PO was. So that for me was an absolute suspicion and then also allowed me to look at phone records um, to see if I could figure out what was going on and find any patterns and absolutely can find that. So I 100% had this thought and that opened up a conversation of talking to my ex-partner of what's going on and you get the there's nothing there's support it's
1: just this person knew i was going through a hard time and right of, of course i didn't believe that. well no and i don't think either one of us believed it but what they tried to do and what she succeeded in doing was rush the divorce as quickly as possible to escape with the the minimal amount of damage and he tried to do the same thing but i think our conversation happened right before that and uh that's yes. when things got it certainly
2: bit. did so it kind of helps I would say from like an emotional and like healing perspective I think our friendship was instrumental especially in those like first days because it's incredibly traumatic yeah. to be living a life where I very much thought we were living one life and he was very much living something completely different yeah. so trying to reconcile like where does that happen? And I am certainly not going to say that I was a perfect wife, certainly not going to say that we had a perfect marriage outside in a way of that, but I never went outside the marriage. I, you know, never lied to him, never hid things. That was that. And I gave my all. Um, again, doesn't mean that that was perfect or right or, you know, exactly the dream marriage. But I, again, had to then reconcile and figure out what part of that was me and what part of that was not okay and what part of that was on him and his actions that he was taking and being able to talk to john really i think allowed me to sort of heal in a way that i don't know that i would have or been able to survive sort of those first traumatic pieces
1: well, yeah that was extremely helpful me- to me mm-hmm. too because you know kindred spirits in that situation yes. where we we talked a lot and we did. <coughs> oh, excuse me um It's very
2: much that trauma bond sort of situation we were both going through this very similar (laughs) trauma, but it helped sort of connect the arc of, again, sort of what have I done in this situation and how am I feeling? And then processing it of no, you know, there is certainly a large part of being told a story that then we're able to sort of pick apart, and line it up with... The untruth was, that was built on
1: it was not just an untruth it was a complete fabrication yes. i mean they they were doing uh, lord you know, we we still to this day don't know everything right. that they did but mm-hmm. i caught them in a situation and and i don't i don't know if now is the time to um well okay i will i i had my daughter my daughter wanted to see her mom and i was a you know a stay-at-home dad at the time and and uh hey i want um our daughter wants to see you and and she uh had met your ex-husband at at that time uh you guys were still married they had met up in a college parking lot at noon and had sex in their work cars mm-hmm. um so yeah but this whole thing was just a blind side mm-hmm. for me. And I think it was for you too. I mm-hmm. mean, we were planning vacations yes. at the time. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden she's just like, Nope, I'm done. Yes. I literally spent, I think $6,000 to redo our deck on our house because she wanted it done. And my parent, my mom and her, well, actually they're married. Some and, and her husband were in town and the day they left, she acted all weird because she had come back from training And then the next day is when she told me after I had done this ridiculous amount of work in the hottest weather that we've probably ever had here in the state, almost freaking killed me. And I I did all this like I did some special things for her in during the work. And she's just like, oh, cool. And then the next day she's like, all right, I'm done. And I I had no idea that was coming. Mm -hmm. Completely smacked upside the head. And I said, wait a minute. And maybe not that day, but shortly after that, are you going to go and be with, I don't know if we want to say his name right now, um, but your ex and uh, no, you're crazy. And and this conversation happened repeatedly. I was like, look, all I'm asking for you out of you is some honesty. And I've still to this day not gotten it. Mm -hmm. And I think you wanted the same thing, right? I
2: definitely feel the same way. And all I can tell is my sort of side of the story, you know, and I think what for me, it really helps me sort of know that I was grounded in truth because I was able to say to you as a sounding board of like, this is what he's saying and this is what was happening. And then to be able to connect of this was happening mm-hmm. unbelievably similar on your side of yeah same days and same messages and same wording and all of these things were all happening. So I think us connecting was really instrumental and I was absolutely blindsided by where we were. Again, not a perfect marriage. We certainly had our ups and downs. I felt like we were in a pretty solid place. I knew like something fell off about him. I just wasn't sure, but still thought that we were, you know, in it to win it. And we'd been, he sent me, you know, retirement properties and you know, all of those kinds of normal things that you do. And it went from a, like, what is going on to it's all, you know, I need to work on myself and those sorts of things. And then me then internalizing it. And I'm assuming that a lot of people would, or especially women of then it becomes, what have I done? And then how do I do this and falling all over myself to like, what do you do? And how do I fix this? And how do I prove to you that I want to like save our marriage and you know, all of this stuff. And it didn't last very long before it was, I want a divorce. So we went from. I don't want to do this, to I want to divorce incredibly quickly, and then it wasn't long after that that I let myself sort of see through some of that initial pain to where I was able to sort of connect the dots and listen a little bit to that gut intuition and say, this doesn't feel right, smell right, look right. And then at that point, like I knew like why he was saying the things that he was saying, and then I held that, and I asked him about it, and again, like I said... He denied it, said it was from a support perspective. And, again, did not believe him, knew where we were, and then held it until we connected. She
1: flat out told me I was just being paranoid. And... Uh, you saw through it faster than I did I did the exact same thing as you I blamed myself uh, Danielle is actually my sounding board too for Through a lot of this And I was like there's no way she You know and I was in, in complete denial And she's like no d- dude She's totally messing around on you And I'm like I mean and you can tell these stories uh, Probably better than I can Yeah because I
0: was like emotionally sober You know during during that time That you were not No And, uh, when, when she had told you that she wanted to get divorced, you know, and then like you shared that information with me and some of our other friends, um, I was like, Hmm, I I don't know. For some reason, I'm not actually surprised and I don't really know why, but then you went into like this huge spiral of, of like, um,
1: I, I blamed myself Yeah,
0: blaming yourself And yeah. just feeling really Like You know um, Upset about Not just the, the divorce But also I guess, Well, the rejection, yes But like the change That that was going to mean For your, your mm-hmm. whole life and, yeah. and the anger around that too And um, I was like uh, I don't know John, are you sure that She's not cheating on you? And and your question to me was like, what did I do? What did I do wrong? What's wrong with me? And I'm like, I think she's just cheating on you. I don't think there's anything wrong with you.
1: And see, that is the journey that I've been on these last two years is getting to the point from from the point of what did I do to cause this? And I, I'm like you. I, I know that I wasn't perfect in my marriage, but I also wasn't as bad as she's told people I was. I she basically told people I was completely useless and I just uh, was a bump in the log. That is not true by any stretch of the imagination but i blamed myself like it was all my fault and i had let it all fall apart and this and that and the next thing and then i kind of did that path like you're talking about of the, the inflection and realizing you know what i think she's just broken and um come to find out that she'd had previous affairs with uh, as a matter of fact your ex-husband's best friend yes and they had all worked together it just and,
0: gets awesomer oh it
1: just gets so <laughs> awesome and it, and you know we can we can't even go all the way into the details because mm-hmm. it's just so much and it would we'd be here for hours talking about everything that's actually underneath the surface mm-hmm. but um
0: i'm still stuck at how did i not realize that you found amy i thought that she reached out to you mm-hmm. and was like hey I thought the, I thought Amy had told John that <laughs> no, nope, mm. this is what was happening. So how did you? I don't know if you can share. How did you find out and then connect with Amy?
1: As a, well, I just like she had all these suspicions. So did I, and I just finally, you know, because I'm I'm not really afraid to talk to people, and I just kind of said, you know, I think that Amy and I need to talk. And I, I was just kind of sitting at home one night, and I just said. I'm just going to do it. And I did. And so this
0: was totally on a gut feeling? Yeah. But how did you know that Amy and her ex-husband were getting divorced?
1: Oh, well, that was common knowledge amongst... Oh. Uh, because the thing is, up until um, their police officers, um, deputies, same, same thing, and I was a cop in my previous life, so I kind of felt like I fit into their their group, even though they were just... I, let's call it. Uh, I, they weren't real honest about their relationship with me. They just honestly, they wanted to screw my wife. Um, and that's what they did. And um, so they kind of let me be a little part of their community. As as a matter of fact, I even went to where they worked and I um, trained with them in their SWAT team um, because I'd had previous experience that could help them, and you know they needed me to and basically use me as a target, but whatever you know that's what you do, and um yeah, so I knew that he was getting divorced, and look I'm an ex cop, there are no coincidences, mm-hmm. right, and so I started asking and and I was just told repeatedly, no you're crazy, no, you're crazy, same thing as you're talking about, and yeah, so that's kind of finally, I just i I kind of came to my senses and I think you actually got me there and uh yeah I had no evidence it
0: just didn't make sense well
1: no it didn't nothing made sense Mm -hmm. because there were flat out lies just flying around all over the
0: place okay so now here we are Oh gosh, and there's so there's so many uh, facets to all of this that I wish that we could share, like to really highlight the oh, the level of deceit and and dishonesty that um, not just the two of you have faced, but other people, um, other fam- other families as well, but. We're not at a point where we can go into all of those details right now. So I think, you know, one of the things that, for me, having known you for, I guess, about a year, maybe yeah. a little bit longer than a year now, um, and seeing the change in you during that time, I think that, like, the most important thing that we can do is, is share with other people what we've learned, what you've learned specifically through what I what I would say was a pretty highly contested divorce.
2: Yes. I would say that we are high conflict divorce. Absolutely. Um, you know, like John was saying, he sort of got into that hole. They did a pro se divorce. So they basically did it themselves without attorneys, did the paperwork, went to court, got it done. Um, I record time. time. They were in and out super quick. That was never going to be my journey into this only because my attorney brain then kicks in and, it's hard it's similar you know when you're like in the healthcare system and you're the nurse and you're treating your child and it's hard to be the nurse for your child same thing of when you're the person going through it you can't think from an attorney perspective over the situation but you know enough of I'm going to stand up for myself and I'm going to advocate for what I need and honestly it's really the fight for my children for custody and those sorts of things that um, I knew was going to be there, um, and that just it was what it was. And I think that then led to our divorce taking a super long time and um, that it went from June of 2022 and was just filed and our finalized, excuse me on January 8th. So super long time i've seen longer and no longer from my profession um but it wasn't because again we were fighting over you know lots of properties or things like that it really was more about custody and that was our biggest issues for there but i do think definitely from this journey from my perspective has been a huge piece for me and that it did take a very long time i would still repeat the journey and that it One, it was a time for me to process and sort of refine myself, and while the legal side of that whole ending of the marriage was extremely difficult, and I will never say that this wasn't without pain, I'll never say that, you know, I haven't cried more tears over this situation than, you know, I would have ever imagined, but I am... I do feel very much like a different person than when it started. Because I think when this was going, I was coming out of a relationship that was worse for me, like initially, like the marriage was not good. And I can look back now and really allow myself to sort of see like, The cracks within the relationship, and where it was not a good relationship for me to be in, anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, part of that, as we were separating, that was part of the tone where John was saying, you know, his ex was saying, you know, he's crazy and that. Whereas mine, then, would talk about me more of like, you're just, you know, you're hard and difficult and intimidating and use thick words and those kinds of things. Well, I am a educated type A woman. I have a career I'm very proud of. I worked very hard. I'm as blue collar as they come. I got to where I am because I went to school, paid for it myself, worked very hard to have the career that I have, and I'm super proud of it. Um, And if that makes me intimidating to somebody, I guess that that is. But at what point then is that? somebody else's issues with being insecure as opposed to me yeah. being a confident woman and where i am and what i'm doing and i think can i just I
1: say that he wants to cry about how you're so intimidating he's what six foot two 220 pounds and he's a swat operator well former mm-hmm. swat operator yeah he, he of oh, that poor baby i feel so <laughs> bad for him
2: it, it is yes it does make me chuckle. I don't disagree with you in any agreement. And I'm you know very short and have a high pitched voice, and I'm a lady, so I don't disagree with you. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely really hard. But I do feel like, from a processing perspective, it, I think the betrayal trauma was definitely something really, really hard to go through, and that from my again, you have those intuitions and you don't listen to it because you don't want your life to change. You don't want to admit failure. You don't want people to know there's some level of, you know, you're excusing these behaviors or excusing this gut feeling. And then you're trying to convince, you know, telling everybody, well, you know, he's just this way or, you know, he's feeling this way, but really the only person that you're lying to is yourself, really, because you're working so hard to convince others that no, 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 he's, He's better. Or he's kinder. Or we're so much better than what it is. But really, it's yourself, honestly, that you are trying to convince to be in that. And I also have learned, and I really do agree with this, my pastor says, you know, hurting people hurt people. And I think that that is very true in this situation where my ex-partner and I I think the same of your ex-partner. and. Again, I have no, you know, clinical background of this at all, but I think they are hurting people and then they hurt others because they are dealing with their own hurt. And we all do that too, which, you know, when you react to a situation, if you're hurt and you do that out of hurt, it's going to happen, but hurting people hurt other people. And I think that that's absolutely true and recognizing where that hurt is not mine and what I don't have to carry in those decisions and and I do think it definitely I've had enough time to sort of change the narrative in my mind from how could he do these things to me to no he he did do those things he made those choices he knew that these things would hurt me profoundly would hurt our marriage profoundly would hurt our children our family the whole thing profoundly chose to do it chose to do it willingly and then to some degree even found some sort of joy and pleasure out of doing those things because you know it was the secret life and all of that and having whatever narrative he had of he wanted to be with me because you know i'm an attorney and i have money or all of those sorts of things and i am not a rich attorney like (laughs) that's not true but just sort of having those things and figuring out at what point again is that not my burden to carry and it's processing through a lot of those pieces and I think that I've come a really long way through this um and so I don't know there's just a lot of healing that has to happen and I do go back to our conversations John and I do think that those helped with the stepping stones Mm -hmm. and there's something that you guys had said in one of your first episodes of healing within a relationship and that I think Mm -hmm. really resonated with me and now Mm -hmm. for me that relationship looks different. Cause you guys were talking about in the context of, you know, more of an intimate relationship mm-hmm. from a partner perspective. Yeah, And for me that, um, and again, from a faith perspective. So if faith resonates with you, then this may, and if not, then just don't listen to that. But my faith for me, I was still a married woman until January 8th. So I honored that marriage completely until the very end. So it was not an intact marriage the minute he did anything stepping outside of that. From a covenant perspective that marriage was done and he chose that um and i was freed from that from god and i'm very thankful for that but i still held myself out because i was still married until january 8th so i conducted myself as a married woman until that point and for me um i'm super proud of that fact and i think that that's something that also gave myself time to heal but within that though the whole healing within relationships i have been unbelievably astounded at how other relationships that i had either grew exponentially, deepened, or changed in a way that I would have never experienced if I had continued to be in there. My friendships have deepened. I have so much more going on in life than where I was before. My sister-in-law and my best friend have been instrumental in supporting me. Mm-hmm. Um, they you know, were right there by my side. A good friend of mine has just recently gone through a cancer battle, and it allowed us to get... Super close. It's just been incredible.
1: So, why do you think that those relationships blossomed, even though you were going through this really hard time in your life?
2: I think it's kind of a twofold answer, honestly. I think I allowed myself to have those, and then I also think on the other side of that, I just had the opportunity to do that. I think within my the context of my marriage, um, you know, you're sort of wrapped up in that person, which kind of happens when you're in those long term relationships, anyways. But he just in Odyssey didn't like a lot of anyone. And
1: you know, so I would go out on a limb and say not a lot of people liked him either.
2: <laughs> I would agree with that. So that also then made it hard when like the constant, you know, narrative or rhetoric coming out of him is that he doesn't like my family or my sister-in-law right. or whomever can't stand my best friend's husband or whatever that would be. And then that's a hard thing to balance because you still want to have those relationships and those are important to me, but then you have your husband who is supposed to be the most important partner in your life. So then you back off from other relationships more than what I ever even realized was really happening because again, you're trying to balance that whole, like, if I can't keep that person happy or manage him, then it makes life even more intolerable and more miserable. So it's this, you give and how do you manage and what to do and how to do that. Um, So once that was removed, then I was free then to be myself in a way that I could not be. Um, I've traveled more. I spent some time in San Diego. Like, I'm getting ready to go back to San Diego. I'm getting ready to go to South Carolina. You know, it's all of these things that... You're going to
1: South Carolina.
2: (laughs) It's just having the opportunity to have these relationships that are really very important. It's really friendship. I've been unbelievably... Like, I think the amount of support that I have has been incredible um, in a manner that I would never have thought. Now, for certain when this happened, you kind of have the whole, like, your earth is shattered and you can't think straight. And, you know, the people that were friends because of the person that you had, you know, like, you're moving those people out and resetting your life. And then you're like, well, and I'm also introverted. So then, like, what do I how am I going to live? And it really didn't take, I have to say, a real long time before, like, you know, your inner person Mm -hmm. starts to grow. And the support that I've got from my family has been incredible Um, and work has been amazing and like you said friendships have grown and blossomed and people that I liked but were just sort of in my periphery now have become some of my closest friends and it's just been an incredible thing.
1: So okay I'm just going to say that probably it was a nuclear explosion that happened to both of us in our lives. and. And it was it was caused by them. Uh, like you said before, yeah, okay, we weren't perfect, neither one of us, and I get that. And nobody's perfect in a relationship. But my biggest, I think my biggest hurdle in this whole thing was the unfairness. Like, uh, again, my previous life, having been in law enforcement, it just really felt so unfair that they just got away with it. You know what I mean? And it just hurt me to my core, and it just felt so... Wrong, Mm -hmm. and 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 the thing is, like, what they were doing was was during work. So, like, (laughs) I guess at one point I thought, you know, at least give me a chance to catch (laughs) you. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, 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 give me a chance. Don't you know? But at what point? What they were just doing all this behind our backs? Yes, which is always how affairs go. But they were doing it when they were supposed to be doing other things. So there was never that, give me a sporting chance to here, you know what I mean? Yes. It was just upside, like a two by four upside the head. And then, and then they were just, and that I had people, and I don't know if you had this too, but I had people just saying, well, you just need to let it go. Well, mm-hmm. what, what am I supposed to let go? That, that, uh, you know, everything that happened with my kids, that I lost my house, that I lost... Basically, everything that I lost um, my sense of well being my my daughter she went on a pretty dark side there for a little while, and it was terrible, but we got her back on track thank god and i and I can say that there's been a lot of i would say that overall although it was a nuclear explosion and a two by four outside my head or whatever i want to call it i would call it a net gain Mm -hmm. i am in a happier place in my life now i'm more comfortable i have a great girlfriend my kids and my relationship is fantastic now Mm -hmm. which i didn't realize before had been suffering because they were afraid to tell me because of Mm -hmm. her Mm -hmm. so i i would say that overall i've I've gone through some of my darkest days going through the situation, but yeah. I've also come out way better off I feel at the other end, and I think that's kind of where what you're talking about where you're just way more articulate than I am <laughs> but and so is she but uh I feel like yeah i am in a much happier place and you know that D- danielle and i aren't living together yet or anything but we spend as much time together as we can but i have my own house she has her own house and that's comfortable for now and the kids are happy they got their own rooms you know i, I did that was a, a whole nother thing though but when i went through the divorce i had to scramble and buy a house and you know i lost a beautiful home and and i had to scramble and i lost a bunch of money and like but you know what at the time it, it hurt and it sucked but now eh, Mm -hmm. you know it is what it is but I still feel to this day honestly that they haven't gotten theirs and you know what maybe living with each other is bad enough because (laughs) I I honestly can't see how they can stand each other because they're both disgusting human beings but that's just my opinion and with that and seven bucks you can get a cup of coffee
2: (laughs) Yes. I totally understand what you're saying. And I certainly have gone through plenty of my times of it doesn't feel fair. And then my own personality and whether it's what made me want to become an attorney or just how I function, I want to know all of it. And then I want to be able to process it through. I, I don't know. I feel like I know quite a bit, um, just again, because we were able to connect and then, you know, more than what you think whenever you really allow yourself to look at things Um, which is hard. Um, but I I've spent so much time over the last few months and I would say most of my true, like emotional, mental, spiritual changes and gains, I feel like has really happened more over the last like six to eight months, honestly. Um, but it's just sort of like letting it go. And just, if I carry that with me of that unfairness, I don't like feeling stupid. I definitely know that I'm in the dark. I know that there are plenty of people in that surrounding circle that know, you know, intimately more than I ever will. But as my sister-in-law was like, what would it change if he sat there and went through a litany of here are all the things that I did or here's all of the pieces. All that would do is put that more on me. And really, he's gonna, he's the one that has to carry that. He, at the end of the day, both of them, whether it's, you know, a lie or crossing a physical line and, you know, sleeping with somebody outside of your marriage or hiding money or all of those things, you know what you've done. And that is resting inside of you and you get to carry that. And what I don't have is none of that. And that's a beautiful thing. And I feel so at peace and happy with being divorced. I can't even tell you, I walked in, we had to we settled and then you have to sail through a settled divorce, go before the judge and put things on record. So you just have to testify and walking into that room, I can honestly say I was almost giddy of the excitement, the happiness. It was pure excitement that it was done yeah. and that I really was going to be free from this and just honest to God, peace and joy that this is closing and it's done because I do absolutely feel like I was rescued. From something, you know, I have again, like I talked about from a faith perspective, I spent so much time in prayer, like even before all this of make me a better wife. Like I know things aren't great and I can tell or feel this vibe of like he just doesn't feel the way that a husband should about me, or you know, any of that when you're in the hard times of the good like, what do I do? How do I make myself better? Or reading books or thinking and all of those sorts of things. And even then when it was the whole he wants to separate, then it's you know immediately. I go lean back to my faith and it's the prayers and the what do I do and change me and make me better and how do I save this for my kids and my family and save this and rekindle our love and you know like all of those things and honestly God's answer was no and God's answer was it's enough come on and he absolutely pulled me out of that and I 100% that is a huge thing for me. And again, that resonates for some and it's not going to resonate well, for others, but I, it is huge.
1: I'm actually glad you said that because, you know, you you are I, I know very well that you're an extremely religious person mm-hmm. and you are not okay with going through a divorce or mm-hmm. weren't at the very beginning for Correct. sure. But you gave yourself Permission to do that, and I don't know, I don't know how much you know about what we're trying to do with this podcast, but it's to give people permission to do what's right for them. It it might be stay together, it might not be, and it's good to hear that you know what you can still be strong in your faith and go through a divorce. Like it's not the end of the world.
2: It is. It might feel like it at the time, yeah,
1: but it's okay, and it's okay to make the decision that's healthy for you and that's healthy for now. You made that decision after the decision was made for you, Correct, but <laughs> s- still the the yes. the yes, sentiment remains the same.
2: It really does. And I'm so glad that you've said that because we've talked about this, you know, just between the two of us as like this whole thing has gone on. And it really is something hard because, again, like you said, I am, I will say, not religious. I am a Christian and proud of it. And it's about the relationship that I have with God and that very much colors every aspect of my life and it is a true thing that has grown instrumentally for me in this last little bit and that has been something that's been in my whole life but a hundred percent like didn't want to be divorced I would never have left him really like I may have separated at some point but I would never have gotten a divorce and honest to goodness even now I don't want to be a divorced person if that makes sense I don't want to live the life of a divorced person I don't want to split my children but I do not want to be married or back in that relationship with that person would, at all.
1: I would say I'm in a very similar position um, where I, I agree with you. I don't want <clears throat> to send my daughter back and forth to her. I, I don't uh, honestly. I don't want my daughter anywhere around your ex. I uh-huh, yeah, um, But I don't have a choice. There's uh-huh. nothing I can do to control that. So it is what it is. But. I think I'm in a very, very similar place to you, you know, and, and we both fought these battles together and, and, and Danielle right there with us, whether you realize she was there or not all the time, she <laughs> yes. was, but, but, uh, you know, it, it's interesting cause I, I even, uh, we have another mutual friend and I was talking about you to her the other day and, and, uh, she's like, Oh, is she dating yet? I said, well, no, I said, the divorce is just about there. And then maybe she will, we'll see yeah. what happens. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I like that I don't like that it happened to you okay let me make that clear but I do like that you're okay now and then and and your convictions are okay with it
2: yes and I totally agree with you and that was really hard and even like just talking about it from the religious side of life and from the church perspective it's certainly something that is you know frowned upon on the church perspective. I do think it changed a bit from a narrative perspective of once people found out about the level of cheating and those sorts of things, because that is one of the things that is called out in the Bible of, you know, a permissible reason to divorce, because once you've done that, you've essentially, you know, done things to the covenant and all of that. So that I think did change it, but it is certainly something that from a again, growing up in the church and those sorts of things, you know, divorce is not something that you do. God hates divorce. You don't, you stay with it regardless of the level of miserable that you are. And I, that's where I was when I really allow myself to look back. Was I, you know, happy and satisfied in the marriage? No. You know, was, was it unhappy? Yes. Was I stressed out? Was I living in this fight or flight and anxiety and how do I manage and what do I do? And I'm working full-time as an attorney and managing littles and it was a lot and it was not i don't think it was the right place for me but i would never have left because of those convictions and so looking back now i am so unbelievably grateful that god said enough like your answer is not i'm not saving this and i'm not going to keep you in this i'm going to pull you out because he also knows right he knows every thought text message every time this person made that choice to hurt me go against it because all of that too when you're joined again this is the church side of me talking like you're doing those things against me and my body as well so every time you're having sex outside of our marriage you're harming our marriage you're violating those you're violating our body like all of those things um and i don't have to carry that any like yeah i don't have to that's not my burden to carry that's his yeah
1: so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you ask us some questions in a minute because you've just been sitting there listening to us yammer back and forth (laughs) um I know you're thinking and you got something but I was I was just thinking when you were saying that um yes you have those convictions and all this kind of stuff but knowing then what you know now Mm -hmm. take away the the um infidelity okay just ignore that that's even there but knowing that in the rear view hindsight being 2020 how miserable Mm -hmm. the marriage actually was do you think you could give your previous self permission to be to say you know what you don't need to be here
2: I definitely do but I think it would take the me now to do that I don't think if I hadn't gone through what I'd gone through in the last year and a half almost two years I don't think I would have had the growth Um, personally I don't think I would have had the growth in my understanding of what god wants for me and all of that to be able to give myself permission if that makes sense
1: no i I totally get it and i guess where i was going with that question was it was aimed at you but now if you could give advice to somebody with similar convictions Mm -hmm. as you in a similar situation what would you tell them
2: get the divorce absolutely
1: but what if they you know they oh well you know i i i can't do it because the bible says i can or mm-hmm. well, how would you how would you get how would you release them from that guilt i guess
2: i would have to answer in that that's not so if they're feeling convicted in their spirit that it's not the right thing to do i can't release you from any of that right like yeah. that would absolutely have to be their relationship with god so i would you know give them my story i would totally say this very same thing of i don't think i would have ever if i hadn't learned and grown i even changed churches and that was a big deal for me of moving from one place that i have been for a very long time and then going into another one and but that again i think opened my eyes and really grew so i think that that's all i could do is share my testimony share what God has done in my life and how he's so much more real. Like God has always been real to me and I can tell so many stories, but it's so much more real and alive to me because of what I've gone through Um, and sharing that with them and then just encouraging them to pray and be very mindful and having to shut out some of those convictions of carrying it forward just because someone else is saying that. But if you in your quiet time with God are feeling peace about it, then Move forward
1: with that. Okay, I have one more question. I'm going to let Danielle talk, I promise. <laughs> I know you told me they started going to church. Yes. Are they Are they going to the previous church that you went to? No.
2: Okay, I was Not just Not that I'm aware of.
1: I, I don't see how they go in there and don't immediately light on fire, but... <laughs> I, I
2: don't know, and again, it's all secondhand from my kids. Don't know.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I was just curious about
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> I had a very
0: similar... A hurdle to overcome, I think, in, in me being the one choosing to get divorced, right? Because, um, because of, like, the conditioning around what divorce means, and I'd already been divorced once. My first divorce was really easy, though, because we didn't have children, and I was 29 at that time. Um, it was easy for me, at least. <laughs> I don't know that it was easy for him, but again, I initiated that divorce, too. And, you know, now, like, having had children and getting divorced. It was, I mean, I I shared this in, I think the first episode where I talked about, you know, getting pregnant with my first child before we were married, long before we were married and very early on in our relationship. And once we had a child together, I was like, well, now we're stuck together. Mm -hmm. Now I have to make this, you know, make the best of this. And I can look back now and see how In some ways, I used that as an excuse Mm -hmm. to not have to do the harder thing at Mm -hmm. the time, at least the harder thing, which would have been to end the relationship and figure out how to, you know, co-parent a child from that perspective. But um, 12 years later, (laughs) well, I guess at that time, 11 years later, um, my ex-husband smacked me in the face and it was the fourth time that he had hit me that evening. And each time it was like just enough to, to hurt me more emotionally than physically. And that's how his physical abuse always was. And for whatever reason that night when that happened, I was just like, nope, mm-hmm. nope. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. No. No, I don't have to take this anymore. Correct. Like under no circumstances no, you know, no church, no religion, yep. no spiritual beliefs would ever have me stay in a situation that was unhealthy for me. And and what really like what it really came down to for me was would I want my children, right? My friends, any of my sisters to keep themselves in a situation that has been unhealthy for for over a decade because they're they're keeping the family together or, like, because of their religious beliefs or because, you know, uh, we need to keep nuclear families. We need to protect nuclear families or whatever the thought might be, right? And that was a really hard thing for me to work through. Like, until just probably recently, I was still, like, feeling a lot of guilt about having... Having my children live in two homes and having them now, you know, have to grow up and have divorced parents for the rest of their lives and all of the things that I thought that that meant. But my relationship with them is better now than it was before.
2: I totally get that. I don't know if that's the case for you. (laughs) Yeah. My children and I have a very tight relationship. I'm a super in tuned mom. That's never going to change regardless. It doesn't mean that this hasn't been incredibly difficult. Um, They have an awareness of things that I would never have chosen to expose my children to um, had it not been forced upon them by what they were seeing and experiencing and hearing and watching while they're out of my custody. Um, And that has been something that has been exponentially hard for me to have to process through. Mm -hmm. And, And that I think is the Honestly, the hardest part of this whole process, and it's not the whole like control or him, you know, being with someone or some other woman being with my children. That's really not it. It is the life that we had, I thought, established and how we were going to raise our children completely changed. The ground rules, correct. Of our view on life and how we were going to approach things completely went out the window, and you know, questions of, you know, hearing activities or seeing things that are just inappropriate or asking questions around how does dad have a girlfriend when he still has a wife and they're church kids and so they have you know that same view of life that I have worked really hard for them to learn and that's becoming true really held beliefs for them and it's incredibly important and trying to navigate through that of trying to explain and then I do not bad mouth I do not talk terrible you know they if they ask a question I won't answer it honestly but
1: yeah, we don't get that same consideration yes. coming back our direction. That's yes. for sure. So I think talking about the kids, both of you, mm-hmm. and I have my own opinion on this, and you know my opinion on it. <clears throat> Everybody says that when you get divorced, you have to co-parent. Mm. Is it possible to co-parent with somebody who is high conflict that you just plain cannot deal with?
2: I think that's a super difficult thing to answer in that, you know, from a court perspective, my lawyer brain says, absolutely, you have to say the right words and you have to say co-parent when you are in those high conflict situations. And from the learning that I have done through podcasts and reading and talking and listening to other people. I don't know that co-parenting, the way that people use it or it's weaponized against people from a high conflict parent yeah. actually exists. Yeah, I think really it's more of a parallel parenting in yeah. that they have a life with you and I have a life with them. And while there are very defined situations that must intersect, I think really understanding what co-parenting truly means is something that a lot of people don't really understand and it's a way to quite frankly get at the other partner when you want to spin them up emotionally or do other mm, things yeah
1: and i would absolutely i don't you can
2: well yeah it's been weaponized against me that i wasn't co-parenting
0: when i was attempting to parallel parent, Mm -hmm. and i was you know um responding to text messages with as few words as possible yep or sometimes not at all if they just really didn't require a response mm-hmm. but coming from you know receiving that communication from someone who is, who has narcissistic personality disorder when they don't get the supply they act out even more yes. until they find another source of supply so i'm happy to announce that he is getting married april 13th believe <laughs> oh it or not kidding. our divorce was final december 8th and he is getting married april 13th wow. and I hope that she listens to this podcast. Oh my god! And I, I I hope that she, um, I hope that she does. I mean, I think you know him having him having that source of supply is actually good for my kids in a weird kind of way because it allows me to not have to deal with him Mm -hmm. so much because he's getting the supply that he needs from someone else, and then I'm just more relaxed and less stressed, and I can be more fun with my kids. So. So uh, well, I don't think it's necessarily the best thing for them to already have a stepmom. Um, especially after his last girlfriend, who lived in the house that he and I still owned it together at that time. Um, she lived there for roughly six months or so. She had barely moved out when he started... I don't think, actually, she had moved she out had yet He didn't when with. he was already dating but, his soon-to-be wife. But uh, <laughs>
1: uh, she told she told you and his previous girlfriend both told you that he needs a woman around in order to take care of those kids. Yeah. So I think that it's a it's actually a positive even though it sucks and you don't want it to happen. I think that the best thing for your kids is for them to have somebody that actually has some common sense around I know,
0: but if you have common sense then you wouldn't actually be with a person like that. <laughs> I totally okay, get that. Okay, that's
1: fair. So I think that the I think we're three for three here that it's not Co-parenting, it's parallel. Parenting. And I'm, I'm
0: including myself in that. You know, like I lacked some common sense to see that, um, to see the early warning signs, if you will, that this person that I was in a relationship with was not a healthy person, mm-hmm. and I just kept sweeping the things under the rug and saying like, well, this is. This is like I need to do better for me. Like I need to be more accepting. I need to be less judgmental. I need to, I need to like understand men better or whatever stories it came up with. I made it my fault instead of accepting like this is did. just not a good thing. Yeah.
1: I, I think we all did because I, I, I think I was thinking about it earlier today. I, it used to be a constant having to check in with her and how are you, uh, you know, and I was constantly regulating her emotions and...
0: You still do that with me.
1: Yeah, but not to nearly the extent. I would assume not because
0: no, I'm probably because not No, because I actually like stopped myself from
1: doing it. I mean, it was literally almost hourly. I had to check in and make sure she wasn't getting ready to go completely off the rails because she is not a mentally healthy person and... I mean, I'm not trying to be rude, even though I can't stand the ground she walks on. But she is not a healthy person. So I was just exhausted from constantly. So then we go through this whole divorce and she tries to tell me that we need to co-parent. After she moves in with your ex and doesn't tell me. Yeah. Okay. They were living next door to each other up until that point because apparently we're idiots and (laughs) didn't realize that not only... Okay, three doors in a row, three people that were all screwing each other. I mean, let's just be honest here.
0: It's but to, gross. But to clarify, they had—they didn't even say, like, hey, I live here, and right. my boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, no, lives did. next door, just FYI. Nothing. They've never, they have n- never, not once admitted to either of you that they're in a relationship together so
1: she's trying to throw this you need to co-parent crap at me and I'm like okay great you mean like how you didn't tell me where you live or I don't know where you work I said hey uh, where are you working now and her response was my information is public record you can look it up oh okay now I know where you're working but it it doesn't matter I guess the point my whole point was um We're going to wrap up here in just a second. Um, Do you want to pause for a second so we can? Okay, so that was um, Speak of the Devil and He Shall Appear, right? Um, (laughs) One of us got a phone call from our ex, so we had to take it. So if we sounded a little disjointed there for a second, that's why. But anyway, moving on. um, Yeah, I think we'll just talk about what did we learn tonight or what could we take away from this maybe, or somebody else could take away from this?
2: I think my takeaways, if I can jump in, is time that I spent in San Diego's with my cousin, and she went through a nasty divorce several years ago, and she's like, I'm gonna give you these three rules, and apply them where you can, and it was instrumental for her. So her first rule, and this I think is so true, of you know the truth, and it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks or feels. Mm -hmm. So don't feel like you have to defend yourself, share the story, sit in your own truth and let silence speak and that i think is huge um it's something where i have to stretch that muscle because i want to defend myself yeah that's a tough one i have been working really hard to apply that so you know rest in your own truth and you know it and that's what matters rule number two is forgiveness. She's like, it's forgiveness of them. You know, the person that has come against you. And she's like, it's not for them at all. It is purely for you. So that way you aren't holding that bitterness and anger. And I think she is entirely right. I am actively trying to get to the point where I feel like I have forgiven my ex-husband for these things. I'm honestly not there yet, but I'm trying really hard. I refuse to let this make me a bitter, angry person. And I am only going to rest in that I am becoming a better person because I'm on the other side of that. And then number three, and that one I think, um, has really, for me come more to life in the last little bit is giving yourself permission and permission is to live life. So it doesn't mean that, you know, I am single. It doesn't mean that, that I don't have my children on a weekend. So I'm just sitting at home. It's the permission to go to San Diego. If I want to yeah. go to San Diego or I going to, you know, wherever I'm, recently just ran a 5k and I'm in the St. Louis track club now. And like, because I wanted to. And so I have their permission to do that. And my life doesn't have to be wrapped up in another person. Um, you know, there will always be wrapped up in my kids to that degree, but there is a whole 50% of my life that is just mine. So I get to do whatever I want with that. And it's having their permission to do something with that has been instrumental.
1: It's so funny that you say that about the 50% of your life, because at one point my kids asked me, what do you do when we're not here? Yes. And I was like, I live my life. Yes. I, mean, I go places, I do things, I yes. spend the night with Danielle, and they were like, oh, and I was like, what do you think? I just <laughs> go in a box and wait until you come back? Yes. No, I, I, yes. I have a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> yes, and I, I would totally agree with you. And for me, that's been
2: something that um, has been a light, you know, kind of life altering of mm-hmm. that. You know, I'm not sitting at home pining away for some. You know, I'm I'm really not. I am yeah. going out to dinner with friends, or we just went out and had a bottle of Prosecco to celebrate my divorce. You know, like so all of those things. on your friends' podcast. Correct, I'm on a friends' <laughs> podcast. You know, I go hang out with a new friend. Like it's all like so. Life is you know richer, fuller, and honestly better than what I initially thought it would be when this was happening to me um I do feel like I'm in a really really good spot I am happily divorced um I don't want to not you know I would not want to go back I am happy where I am I'm excited about the future I'm excited to see what that brings and I don't know what that's going to be or where that's going to lead me but I am truly happy to be where I'm at
1: I would absolutely agree that I feel like I'm in a similar spot to you, similar time frame, um, and I also agree with you that eh, I'm not ready to forgive people yet. Maybe I'll get there someday, but we're not there right now. Um,
2: that's I'm trying.
0: What about you? Well, I think especially for you, if if forgiveness looks like how your relationship is with Edev number two, for example, like mm-hmm. with Rachel, you know, uh, forgiveness for you, like really shifted into friendship and you were nowhere near that well and the
1: reason that i was able to do that was she was honest she yeah. came forward and said hey look i messed up and that made it easier for me to say you know what i wasn't perfect either and we had the conversations but the problem that you that amy and i have in Probably you, to a certain extent, too, is there's just no honesty
0: oh, I mean, you know that firsthand that yeah. you you know better than I do, even um, that I don't receive honesty from my ex spouse, and um he will make it look like he's being honest, uh. and sometimes I even think he's being honest when he's not or when he's he's being like halfway honest, but the other half of it is manipulation, and you're like, well. Like you know that that's just manipulation, right? And I'm like, ah, damn it, there it is again, where I fall (laughs) for it so easily. Yes. Uh, Until actually, until recently, until uh, his last girlfriend, you know, before his new fiance. um, Where was I going with this? Oh, when she and I, she and I connected, which. You know, for anyone that's listening to this like yes, she and I had a conversation or two or three um <laughs> and she was she 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 validated for me like mm-hmm. <sighs> some things that I, I knew, but like, I, I was just kind of like forgetting in a sense because I had gotten so far removed from the actual experience or being subjected to those things. And she was like, well, he did this and he did this and he did this and this and this. And I, her was blind. I was dumb. (laughs) You know, I should have known better, et cetera. And so she was like, just like I was like, she put all the blame on herself. Um, although I, I don't know. I feel like she's she's more readily able to place blame on him, you know, when it's well, appropriate. Well,
1: she also doesn't have years under her belt of um, mental manipulation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes a big difference. Yeah,
1: you... I mean, he, he conditioned you to a pretty
0: high degree, I feel. Yeah. 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 So, um, I think for me, the takeaway is hearing, like hearing what you said about your religious beliefs, your faith, um, and coming from that perspective, you know, of like letting it be okay, like letting it actually be okay. That was, that, like I said, that was a really hard thing for me. That was a big reason why I stayed in the relationship for as long as I did. And even a year after I was no longer in that relationship, I was still like, oh, what kind of person am I? Like, you know, yeah. What kind of mother am I? What kind of mother does this? Yeah. Um, it wasn't that bad.
1: Oh, my God. How many times have I said that to myself? Oh, you know what? I, or how many times did you, when it first started, did you try to bargain your way through it or try to, you know, whatever? And, oh, my God, it, it was just completely useless. I think, okay, the advice that I would give to people from this conversation is once you know give yourself the permission to just walk. Mm-hmm, and that is a really hard thing to say because I am very much a romantic who wants to see relationships work.
0: Yeah,
1: I very much care and I want them to, but really, if you're in a sick relationship, if you can't fix it and, no, and there's people that don't want to in it, then just let it go. And for all the people that tell me that I need to let things go... I will when people start being honest with me.
0: Mm.
2: What if you don't ever get that honesty?
1: Well, then I'm not gonna let it go. <laughs> I am the king of holding a grudge until somebody admits they are wrong.
2: I also feel like there's a huge difference in like not letting it go in the way that you were told, and I never had that experience of being told to let it go. But I certainly watched it mm-hmm. as it was happening to you, and it was more of a be quiet because they didn't want their sins um, to be found out so there's a huge oh, difference in
1: and it wasn't just them either correct
2: it was a hush and be quiet because you know why can't you just let it go and you know stop processing it really it was because they don't shine a light on anything just yeah, be quiet we should not want accept the disinfectant it. correct yeah um, yeah just be quiet and turn you know let it all go so that way whatever was, they were doing stays in the dark
1: i was flat out told by somebody that worked with them to that they didn't care what they did at work because they were good at their jobs. I, I later found out that was all BS, too. But, you know, it is what it is. So, okay. Um, I think that's really about it, right, ladies? Yeah. I you guys happy? So. How do you feel about how this went?
2: I think it was really good. Okay, said, cool. I think it was cathartic. And, you know, mm. to me, it just feels like an extenuation of conversations that we have yeah. often. Yeah. Because we have built a true friendship yeah. by having this trauma bond. So I think reaching out and having a community when you're going through something is instrumental
1: which is also a, a takeaway yes embrace those friendships yes. and the people that are there for yes. you yes
2: rely on that community do not isolate and also have healthy boundaries and healthy boundaries can mean like for me I I am single I want to live a life as separate from my ex as possible you know again he's the one that initially said I don't want to do life with you and I get that and that was hard at the beginning but that has become like that's my reality and that's absolutely what I want so Mm -hmm. live your life let me live mine and that boundary is for me clear and that's what I will hold of my life is mine and his is his and I don't have to manage that yeah
0: yeah thank goodness right Right. (laughs) okay so our next episode is going to be with our friend, your friend, my colleague, uh, James Chester. Yeah. And you want to give them a little Uh, bit of a heads up on what James will be talking about?
1: um, Self, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Self-development. Self-development, and I would say boundaries. Um,
0: Boundaries, yes. Yeah,
1: it's really, uh, full disclosure, we already recorded with him. Yeah. And it is A fantastic conversation that went absolutely nowhere I thought it was going to and I hope that everybody gets as much out of it as I think that both of us got out of it I I know I got a lot out of that conversation just like I got a lot out of this one and I've been extremely happy with our first two people that we talked to oh
0: my gosh yes you're the first guest on the podcast Amy (laughs) such an honor
1: (laughs) all right that's that's it cool